Hello Waterloo Road fans, just popping in before we get started with the final episode of Series 6 to tell you about our Patreon page, a subscription service where you can get all sorts of extra exclusive stuff from us, including our uh, Waterloo Road Awards, the first half of Series 6 is live now, um, our looks back at particular Waterloo Road characters, our reviews of other school-based shows, we've finished Britannia High now and we're moving on to Channel 4's Teachers. Um, and also, of course, extended versions of our interview specials. All of that is available on the Patreon at patreon.com slash Pod. And I would like to thank our existing Patreon subscribers. So thank you to Mel, to Emily Berry, to Hannah Louise, who would like to shout out NHS Mental Health Services. Thank you to Maddie, to Joe Buckle, to Eliza, who is at WaterlooXRoad underscore on Instagram. Thank you to Claudia Graham, to Lucy, to Lottie Smith, to Georgia Leah, who is the Avocado Bath on both Instagram and TikTok. Thank you to Tom Percival, to Sarah Mython, to Dylan Gover, who is at Dylan S. Gover on TikTok. Thank you to Eve, to Matthew Kumar, and finally to Natalie, who is at Natalie the Book Reader on Instagram. All of your support is much appreciated, and if you would like to join that list of shout-outs, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Pod. This, of course, is our 100th episode, our halfway point of our uh, journey back through Waterloo Road, and to mark the occasion, next week we are doing a mailbag special episode of the podcast, where we will be answering your questions, whether about the show or about other things. Um, so if you haven't already, you can send us questions via our various social media pages at Waterloo Road Pod. We would love to hear from you and we will be answering your questions on next week's episode of the podcast. And so without any further ado, let's get on with this week's podcast and we'll allow Luke to finally say we are halfway through. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. And not just any episode, but the Series 6 finale, and crucially, the episode that will allow Luke to say the two words that he has been waiting for the whole time. Halfway is one word. <laughs> Halfway through. Halfway through. Halfway through. Business end. <laughs> And, and it's all business from here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Second innings. Yeah. Dew falls on the ground, changes the playing conditions. You've lost me. Fav- favours the batting team. You've lost me. Talking about Indian Premier League cricket. <laughs> I'm just so excited this series is ending. <laughs> yeah. I feel like what we need is a refresh. But the problem is, is you can look, you get to a point where you go, oh, but at least they're going to get rid of half the characters soon. Yeah. Delightful. But then the next series is 30 episodes. <laughs> We're so far away from another character refresh. <laughs> that By the end of this calendar year, we'll be at the end of the next series. Heaven above. <laughs> We're in such a long stretch. Oh, man. And the new one will have started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be doing one of our 100 episode celebrations. Yep. Q&As. <laughs> it's just well, Crazy it's town. never going to end. Crazy town. It's never going to um, end. Let's talk about this episode because we've got a lot to get through. Oh, none of it's good. 
No, but we've got a lot to get through. A lot to get through. It doesn't work. Get through. Yeah, it doesn't work. I think it does. It doesn't. I don't know, earlier you said that the devil wears Primark was a pun. Yeah, that is like, a pun. I feel like Gret through is more, is more impressive. Um, I like the beginning of this episode because the flaming press are out in force. The world's just holding the camera. Yeah, well, that's what the flaming press do. They hold cameras. You say this, like, in your in your past life, you wouldn't have exactly been doorstepping this, <laughs> this story. Oh, yes. Oh, I would have been the person having to miserably sit outside Cheska's house, <laughs> knowing there's no way she's ever going to come out. <laughs> Do you know what? Karen goes out against you. All publicity is good publicity. You really don't think <laughs> it is. It's not. It's not. And then, right. One of my bugbears is when people say, why are you reporting on thing X yeah. when thing Y is more important? Yeah, a teacher had sex with a child. But here, Karen, 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 stats. Karen goes, why don't you report on positive things like our grades and our panto? Come on now, Karen. <laughs> you live in the real world, Karen. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> it's just how when local press is dying as well. They are yeah. leading with Pantomime Happens. No, they're leading with the story, which will be getting national coverage as well. Exactly. Ruby, bizarrely, is opining that Cheska should be forced to give up her baby. Ruby, Ruby wants a lot of babies. <laughs> yeah, she does. it just strikes me as a little bit draconian. <laughs> For some reason, someone has asked Jonah to come in for a last day. It's there is no world, Karen and Chris. There is no world outside of a TV show where that happens. No, um, I'm concerned as well to the extent that everyone knows the identity of the child because technically, does he, doesn't he? As 17 years old, he he would fall under the anonymity of it. Well, it's a sex offence, so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's all anonymity. Everyone gets anonymity, yeah. but everyone just knows. Yeah, it's not clear whether the press know, is it? I don't know. It just feels like everybody knows because they're not like they're not like taking photos of him or anything. So I don't think the press know who it is. They just know it's a student. Mm-hmm. But obviously, everyone at the school knows. But you would, would you? I think you would. Mm. Be they're always going really... around on the Snapchats. <laughs> Ruth is upset about the fact that she now has to leave Waterloo Road because Jonah has to. Yes. Um, because the school has helped her become worldly. She's so worldly now. She has friends. She's playing a rat in the panto. Worldly. So Finn like squares up to Kyle because Kyle's with Sam. Finn's like, oh, I've barely seen you all week because you've been rehearsing for this panto. And that's a quick turnaround for a panto, it's isn't it? It's a devastating quick turnaround. Hey, it's incredible. Matt lost half a series. Producing <laughs> her show. When we used to do shows at my school, they they cast the year before, so you do you casting like say you know, May year before, then you think, take your scripts back over summer. You come in, you do all your rehearsal September. Yeah. You perform it in February. Yeah, that's that's the cycle of a yeah. show. No, ask it, any West End producer. It goes from idea to stage in a week. <laughs> Twist. They're just doing the show that goes wrong. Basically. <laughs> So we meet John Adams, the chair of the governors. Do we meet him, Tom? <laughs> Go on, because I, I, I didn't. Uh, this is all you, because I didn't spot this. So yes, he is. I've got this. <laughs> he was Danielle's father in series four, episode seven. Home, was, homeschool man. Homeschool man. He was Andy Harker. The difference was he had a beard and he had a, a little bit of hair. <laughs> um, he is now shaved. 
um, and goes by a different name. The thing that annoys <laughs> you said that like he like could see on his like he goes by a different. But then again, name. Danielle accused him of being an abuser, so maybe he did change his maybe name. Maybe he did change his name. Um, but yeah, recast. I I find this very annoying because his character was a busybody parent who wanted to teach all the students. Yeah, it canonically would make sense if just the same character in the, in much the same way that. Earl would have made sense. He was the same character that he was recast as. Yes, but they have virtually identical characters. Yeah, they're just yeah. It's, great. it's interesting because I think this is a very strong argument that Waterloo Road is a soap because soaps do this all the time. Yeah, and they'll, cast the, same, they'll cast the same bit part actor in yeah. multiple episodes as different characters. Yeah, and a, a big part of you know maybe we do our an end of series roundup at the end of this episode about what has gone wrong with this series is how much of it is like a soap now. Yes. Um, but it's yeah. So yeah. he's back in See, bold form. Yes, and he's he, so he's grilling Karen about you know the 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 incident, um, and Karen says it's an isolated incident. It's not it happens once a year. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing isolated about it. It's an isolated incident towards boys. <laughs> yeah, towards the girls, it happens rather frequently. Um, and I've just written that she really thinks she can segregate her way out of this. <laughs> Just the segregation has worked wonders. There was no, no, this didn't happen before segregation. <laughs> when Cheska taught mixed classes, how many students did she have sex with? None. Yeah. Um. So we find out that Ruby's book is getting published in a week, and she's going to hand in her notice, and she's getting a twenty thousand pound advance. I feel like that's a lot. I don't know. I've never written a book, but feels like a big advance. I think for your first book, that's a massive advance, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So fairy cake. I just already written it. Really good. Maybe uh, she only sent, like, a sample chapter. Yeah, because an advance is typically to give you time to write yeah. the book. So she's now going to go, oh, I'm really working hard on this book. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to have to spend six months on the beach. <laughs> um, Head of the governor says that parents are calling to say they want to pull the children out of the school. Do you think they would? Uh, one, it's one teacher and one student. I, I admit that's one more than you'd like, but yeah. that teacher is no longer working there. Um, I think yeah, I think they, I think they would get calls, especially because it's like a moral panic in the paper and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So I think yeah, I think they would. I think they would. Uh, Tom says about Ruby, it looks like we might have the next J.K. Rowling on our hands. I'll skip leave it, that. I'll it. leave that there. <laughs> leave that there. <laughs> leave it in the air for a few seconds. <laughs> that's not. That's no. not. No, 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 no. That's not. That's it. Um, so Jonah is wearing uh, the hoodie of sadness in this episode. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Yes. Jonah, you merely adopted the hoodie of sadness. <laughs> I was born in it, moulded by it, etc. Um, so Marcus says that uh, he, he and Jonah have decided that Jonah's not going to have anything to do with the baby, and the baby is, quote, her problem. No, those waters are too muddy. <laughs> I, just, I feel like the Marcus who left eight episodes ago has come yeah. back very different. Yes, he has. I know he's under slightly more pressured circumstances. I don't know how you'd react to if it was your own child, but it feels like the Marcus who was like a, a passionate thinker and that and like who wants children to express themselves kind yeah. of thing would would maybe give Jonah's. It doesn't make what Cheska did correct, no. but I feel like he'd have more patience for what his son is saying. Also, didn't he partially leave in protest at the Chris thing? Yes. So that makes this even muddier. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he know what Chris did, but he knew that Chris lied and that put Jonah's place at risk. Yes. Um, 
but God, this show. <laughs> this show. But yeah, I, I just feel like Marcos would be able to, rather than just go stick and say, you have nothing to do with this anymore, yeah, yeah, yeah. he comes in brainwashed, you'd feel like Marcos would be able to calmly engage with Joe's emotions and what yeah. he feels and explain to him why those what those emotions are based yeah, yeah, yeah. on. So we learn that Cheska has been charged with what we don't know specifically. I don't know what specific charge would be in this scenario. So yeah, she's um she's awaiting trial, she's on bail, and her bail conditions, as they indeed would, ban her from contacting. <laughs> You'd hope so. Yes. I mean if there's uh, any mailers to be believed. <laughs> so Karen and Adana are like fretting about how they've got to keep an eye on Jonah and watch his every move. Why did they invite him back into the school? <laughs> he doesn't need to be there, get his results sent to oh, him. Oh my goodness. There's some talk about the panto and Kyle's doing some like bravado saying, oh, I don't really want to do it. I'm going to, you know, ruin it for others. And Sam looks crestfallen by this. Okay. So yeah, Jonah, Jonah even pretends to Ronan that he's over Cheska. He's going to keep up this charade. They're talking about it's three hours until the show because the show is at lunchtime. Why is Everything the must happen <laughs> between, during the school between day. Between half eight and half three. That's it. Jonah gets married at 3.09. He's really cutting it. <laughs> so Kyle is dancing in the rehearsal to a, Kate, a Kate Nash song, though. I like Kate Nash. But it's just like, nothing says love like about moving his arms slowly in front of you. It's just like... <laughs> but that's what he does. Do, 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 do. Yeah, but he doesn't have like, <laughs> anger and energy here. He's just like, oh. Yeah, like because, he's waving. Because he's supposed to be like, Acting like he's a bit above it, isn't he? Right. He's a floaty arm inflatable tube man. <laughs> yes. So while all this is going on, Amy and Lauren are like stirring the pot with Finn about how um, Sam might possibly like Kyle. Um, and then they're going to rehearse the bit where they kiss and Finn interrupts it. I find the idea that they haven't practiced these scenes yet where they're going to perform it in two hours. Yeah. Absolutely outrageous. Yeah. So they're going to like fight again. Uh, Adana goes to deal with it and she leaves the audition room where Jonah is despite the conversation she just had with Karen because the plot necessitates it oh it's so the plot necessitates it so much that it hurts and of course Jonah legs it it looks like he was smirking when he was running I feel like the actor maybe just loves running the actor (laughs) enjoys running scenes she loves running (laughs) boys be running boys be running um so they're in Karen's office, and Finn and Sam tell Karen what Kyle said earlier about like ruining the panto, um, and she kicks him out of the panto and gives Finn the role. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Those two boys have a fight. One of them gets punished. <laughs> Finn knows the entire script for the panto, obviously. Of course he does. <laughs> so uh, Jonah uh, starts ringing Cheska, says, oh, I've made it, I'm out. Um, I- I'll come and meet you. And uh, she's got the flaming press outside her house. Why they're all like they're all outside like that with their cameras? Like they, they'd just be sat in their car, taking a picture yeah. of the same <laughs> curtain, red brick house. Yeah. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. So Sam is angry at Finn for goading Kyle because she knows that Kyle uh, really did care about the panto and was just doing bravado. Sam, you were in the room. <laughs> you sold him out as yeah, well. Yeah. If you knew he really cared about it, just say no, he cares about it. But like, Sam the plot necessitates it. And also, it. like, you could feel Sam, she was done in by her own honesty. She couldn't lie. Oh, uh, she's lied plenty. <laughs> so, um, Kyle then, te- meanwhile, Kyle is texting Denzel to say, oh, I'm up for your big end of term stunt, whatever it's going to be. 
Earlier on, Denzel had shown Kyle a video of him being rolled around in a bin. Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. And it was it was an MP4, so it was a file on his phone. And he goes, it's got all sorts of hits on the net. <laughs> this was just, like, again, it's just who was writing this? It's like, it's 2011. It isn't 2005. No, peak, where, peak YouTube. Yeah. Proper, like, YouTubers. Yeah. You know, lots of YouTubers who are now cancelled because they spent 2011 doing blackface. Yeah. They are now... But yeah. again, it was proper videos were edited. Yeah. They had a style, they had a story. Now it's, yeah. you know, and, but he's just like, oh, I, I got rolled out of a bin, got loads of hits on the net. <laughs> on the net. <laughs> it's like those videos, yeah, they should like, way before this. Whereas like kids on the merry-go-round in the park, I just hooked up a moped to it <laughs> and they spun it around and they just flew out either side. <laughs> That's the kind of content Denzel's doing for like five years too late. Um, so, Cheska has found a way to avoid the flaming press and get to her car. She can't avoid Chris. Can't avoid Chris, because he's detectived where she's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Because Chris is the harsh face of clamping down <laughs> and sleeping with Stuart. <laughs> um, she admits that she's going to Jonah, um, and he says, you know, I'm going to have to call the police. And she says, fine, do it. And he doesn't. No. I, I just got so many notes of this, just some screaming, Chris, don't agree with this. Don't Just don't agree with it. Um, so, uh, we find out that Janice is improving in her, like, English work because she's been having one-to-ones with Grantley. And Janice says, I hope no one thinks we're doing a Jonah Cheska thing. (laughs) (laughs) Which I like. So, uh, Kyle's mum then arrives at the school to, like, see Kyle perform with the panto. And, like, Adana's, like, breaking the news that he's not going to be the lead anymore. There's a shot of Grantley looking at Mrs. Stack. Just like she's the worst person. I know. Again, old school socialist, really. <laughs> Letting himself down. Yeah. Letting himself down. Um. So Cheska meets Jonah at some like roadside restaurant thing. Um. Chris, it's a, it's, a, it's a brewers fair. Yes, it, it is. It's absolutely a brewers fair. Yeah. A, a mixed grill, sixteen quid. Yes. Lovely. Yes. Absolutely. Refill on your drinks. Yeah. Oh, definitely. 100% refill on the drinks. Yeah. 2011. Yeah. I'm not sure if refills were a thing. Yeah. They were at places like that. Yeah, the, the little Pepsi Max machine, Christopher. Yeah, yeah. There was one near me called Tay Barnes, which Ooh. was all you can eat. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't good food. No, <laughs> just a lot of it. <laughs> no, no, all you can eat is good. It was pure quantity. It's just volume. Um, so Chris has followed very closely behind. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't see it. <laughs> In his giant BMW, <laughs> tailgating your Renault Clio. All the way down the motorway. I've seen this. Brilliant. Um, for some reason, Chris is like, seats. Has a, has a beer with them. He engages with to, them. To like, hear them out, yeah. Um, Jonah goes, she could go on the sex offenders register. And, and Cheska points in, just for falling in love. Yeah. And it's like, I, no, you were a sex offender. Yeah. And I'm sat there like, you're entitled to do the story. But the fact we're being ha- having to listen to the long, long argument justifying it, yeah, is incredible. It's, yeah, because they've just spent nine episodes justifying it by not saying anything. Yeah, because they're and like, now they're actively yeah, saying. She, yeah, you've got Jenna like, oh, you know, it's disgust. He says it's disgusting that she could go on the sex offenders register just for this. When you know I'm mature and I'm choosing to do this. And, like, the show wants us to go, ah, he's got a point there. Because yeah. he's the tallest, most handsomest boy in the school. Yeah. Therefore, he's mature enough to deal with this. That's yeah. the show's logic here. <laughs> and then, Cheska says, 
you of all people should understand how easy it is to fall for someone you shouldn't. That's just not his story. That's and not Chris, what happened. Chris is like, that's not what... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Look, I, I was Chris, Chris I was for a second, human. he does say, oh, that's not what happened. But they brush past it. Yeah, yeah. If I was Chris, I'd be like, no. <laughs> Hang on one second. Do not tar me with this brush. Oh, so over 18's club. Yeah. It was before school term started. Yeah. Didn't she know who she was. Yeah. Didn't, <laughs> didn't know who she was. As soon as I found out who she was, it ended. I didn't know she was. I, my first interaction with her was not in school uniform <laughs> no. on school grounds. Absolutely not. Um... So um, they're still off to get married, and Jonah thinks she might get a more lenient sentence if they're married because it shows the relationship is serious. We both say we did it. <laughs> we both get off. But yeah, I just love this. It's like, okay, so we ha- we're here today for you know the, the the case against Miss Francesca Montoya yeah. is against you know having an inappropriate relationship with a school child in her in her care. What is the evidence? She is in her wedding dress. <laughs> Yeah, the case against Francesca Montoya. Actually, it's Kirby now. Yeah. Like, that, like that makes it better. Just like yeah, the fa- they think the courts will be more lenient to her because she broke her bail conditions to marry a child. Yes, she took him outside the country. <laughs> he doesn't have a driver's license. No, and she just took him outside the country to get married. And they're like, because then we're serious. It's just. These two are supposed to be smart. Yeah. It's ridiculous. What version of the world do they live in? Yeah. Um, at this point, I've just written, he's not calling the police. What? <laughs> <laughs> because he does the thing. Like, Cheska says, oh, just, you know, we know you've got to call the police, but give us a few hours so we can get married. And then we see him, like, he types 999. And, he, and it's, oh. The logic there is, is that, like, there is literally no change in circumstances if they're married or not. I don't know. She's going to go to prison for longer. So? That's her problem. <laughs> if she doesn't know that, she's an idiot. <laughs> and maybe he's just thinking, actually, she'll you, go to... You idiots. <laughs> <laughs> she'll go to prison. She'll go to prison for a longer period of time, which will keep her further away from Jonah, and he can start re-establishing, re-evaluating his life. Oh, I don't... I can't. Um, so, they're getting ready for Panto... Sam wants some advice from Tom about like her relationship with Finn and stuff. Um, Tom sort of blunders a bit. And he, he does... He, every ridiculous action done by a man is because what love does to you. Yeah, he says relationships when that's men next, do stupid things. Next to what <laughs> yeah. Jonah and Cheska are doing, again, it's just like a little bit of like, a, this is fine. Because yeah. love makes you do stupid things, yeah. like sleep with a 17-year-old in your yeah. care. No, um, I think it does. So before the panto starts, Karen makes a bold decision. To address it head on. I know. <laughs> Welcome to your... <laughs> Welcome to your, your end of term panther. Now about the paedophile. <laughs> After just the elephant in the room. It is incredible. She just, she just says it. She just says it. And again, I've told this story before. Early deep cut when you were here with us in series one. When my teacher over summer was outed as a bigamist. Yes. When he came in that first lesson, the tension was palpable. <laughs> And he just walked in, he just goes, how's it with summer? Yeah. It went good. He goes, don't ask me about mine. <laughs> Delightful. You have to take your head on. We'd like you to split into groups of two or three. <laughs> <laughs> so, at least, to defend Karen, at least she says, 
when speaking to a group of people in public, single sex classrooms. <laughs> it's, it's spin, is what it is. <laughs> and she just starts going on about exams again. Like, well, is, it, is, is this what Britannia High would call a live show? <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> I've just written that the panto is crap, even by Waterloo Road standards. Yeah, and then when she comes out doing the Godfather, I seriously considered ending it all. Um, so the the ugly brothers, they just wear, wear glasses, and that means they're ugly. Yeah. Well, it's first time. There's uh, the two of us. Yeah. You're wearing glasses. Yeah. And come on yeah. now. Yeah. But, but that, that's <laughs> fine. But like, if I was playing a character called the ugly brother, I'd make a bit more of an effort. Yeah. So then, as you alluded to, Karen appears. And she's doing. First of all, to compliment her, <laughs> remarkable outfit change. Yeah. Very fast. Very fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very fast. With a beard over there, slip back. Yeah, yeah, very ball. good. Vicky was obviously helping her out after the costume change she did last week. Yeah, yeah. Or the week before. I've lost track of time. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it was two weeks ago. Um, um, so but then also, imagine standing on stage going, I'm going to address the teacher. <laughs> Inappropriately interacting with a student, yeah. and then the script demands that Finn hugs her. Yeah, yeah. And then fifteen minutes later, after this very serious moment, I'm going to be <laughs> dressed in a suit, doing an impression of Marlon Brando in The Godfather. Oh my god! Um. So yeah, Karen does her Godfather thing, and we cut away to Chris, who is now calling the police. But it's too late. I surely. Surely, Chris would face some sort of ramifications for this. But I suppose it's only, you know, he goes, I saw them, I did this, I called. Yeah. They don't know the timeline, they don't know where he saw him. I guess. Jonah and Cheska got what they wanted, so they aren't, it doesn't help them to throw Chris under the bus. No, I suppose not. You should face ramifications. You should face, face ramifications for a lot of things. Um, yeah. So, uh, Sam, who cares deeply about the pantomime, is messing it up willfully by going off script to be mean to Finn. The thing is, Suddenly, last summer, it it brought plots together yes. that could be resolved. Right, it, yeah. it was a big culmination of the Bretton Mika stuff. Yeah, this has nothing. No, it's just people I don't care about. It's Finn and Kyle; they're doing their spat. Don't care. Finn and Sam; I don't want that relationship to happen. Sod it. You don't have a heart. Well, but they're terrible for each other. What I do like is that every time you see Finn and Sam together, Finn is doing that very I'm 15 and I have a girlfriend thing where he has his arms so far around her. Like, it's absolute ownership. (laughs) I was 15 and I had a girlfriend, I just texted incessantly. (laughs) I can imagine you doing that. (laughs) I'm not a secure man, Tom. Kyle and Denzel have conjured this plot to ruin the panto. They've like stolen some like stage explosives and they do something to Chris the... is Chris is coming at work again. Yes. <laughs> so they, they do something to the motorbike to make it like not fin over, and then they run in with fire extinguishers and make a mess. Um So uh and then Finn's obviously outraged about this, but Sam's like, you know, this was you gotta have this coming to you. Now look what you've done, Kyle's like taking Denzel off the rails again. Off the rails, I like that. Because it's on track. No, I see. wasn't even deliberate. Um, Delightful. I've done one joke this week. That's as much as I can manage. Um, we all know I'm the funny guy. <laughs> so, Jonah and Cheska have arrived at Gretna Green. And an alert pops up on Gretna Green Man's computer. Good. 
Best of both past this. Yeah, yeah. And he just goes, Yo, you just some forms to sign. It's a, it's a slow it's a slow day. Yeah. <laughs> You've paid. Oh, very weird. Um I just feel like Petty Bean should ask more questions. But that's their whole their whole thing is that they don't ask questions, I don't isn't know. it? I just feel like the people who just turn up to be voluntary witnesses should go, Shit, is this how old is this guy? Yeah. Why is his mother and son getting married? Yeah. Who knows? Um so um Denzel's stunt is that him and he's taken Kyle so Kyle can film while he walks along the edge of this railway bridge over like a road and we find out that Kyle has sent the video to Sam it's not clear why either as a warning to like come and help yeah. or look what Denzel's doing it's not quite clear um, but Denzel walks across this bridge remarkably slowly <laughs> we watched Free Solo the other night Yes. Oh, I think he gets up the mountain faster than Denzel gets across one third of this bridge. Oh, that film's terrifying. Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, it's I, so scary. After watching that film, right, I, I was typing at work and yeah. then I stopped and I looked at the tips of my fingers and I was like, these can climb mountains. <laughs> it's the bit where he's not even holding on with his body. He's holding in with the like space at the end of his shoes where his toes aren't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a, he's got a new film on Disney Plus. Yes, I haven't seen it yet. I, no, yeah, we haven't yeah, either. Yeah. It's in the Amazon or something, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Um, so we do this whole thing where the near death railway bridge stuff is intercut with the wedding. Yes, which is bizarre. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a Nolan film. I I don't know. Yeah, he likes um, to intercut things towards the end. Yeah. Um. So let's let's do the the. Uh, railway bridge first. Um, so uh, Karen, Tom, Sam, and Finn arrive there. Uh, they get there. Denzel like stumbles and he's hanging on to this this bridge. And then Finn runs up there, and he lifts Denzel up. But then he falls sort of back first onto. It's quite horrible actually. Yeah, yeah, back first onto the road. Um, so, do I question about this? Denzel couldn't just put his foot on the thing. It's quite a stressful situation. I know. <laughs> but all Finn does, he goes over and he puts his feet calmly on the thing. Goes, put, your, put your foot there, Denzel. Yeah. Annoying. Yeah. Um, I, I thought there was a bit of a suggestion that Finn threw himself off. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I feel like there's a moment where he kind of like he sees Kyle. And he's like, this, "This is to prove you wrong." No. I don't know. No, he definitely falls. It's like you foil, you fooled me once, Mead. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he falls as, as the police are arriving, and then we see uh, we see Kyle frantically sort of apologising for it. Um, Sam like rushes to Finn, tells him that she loves him, um, and then she's like hugging Karen as Tom goes away in the ambulance. You know what? You're playing all the sad music during this. Yeah, I just thought, let him die. No, I just don't care. This whole conceit to get him and like him and Sam falling out on a weekly basis to then fall in love, I just I hate it. And the fact this is what brings him and Kyle together. <laughs> I can't I can't join you on this. Because yeah. Finn's never gonna dance again. So <laughs> Kyle has to dance for him. I adore Finn and Sam. I don't. You got Stockholm syndrome, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've had Stockholm syndrome since I started watching this show. <laughs> Um, 
Um, okay, so let's do the wedding for a bit. Um, <laughs> so, like, check that they uh, they do the wedding. I was confused about the random witnesses. Because so you need you need to have witnesses. Yeah, but short, usually they're at least someone you know. But I did look it up, and while you do have to provide your own witnesses at Gretna Green, it's very common for, like, passers-by yeah. to volunteer to be witnesses at Gretna Green. Well, I mean, honestly, I, I love to... <laughs> I would love to not in this scenario. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think I would ask more questions than these witnesses. Yeah. But I love the idea of just spending a day in the room and just people coming in. I was being like a witness yeah, so different. But no, I looked it up and it is quite common with Gretna Green weddings, apparently. Yeah, so what we yeah, what you call a witness, I call an accomplice. And, yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely. We had um, that we had that in this country, right? Like in, I feel like in American TV shows where it's just like, oh, it's, what is the phrase? But something about uh, perverting the course of justice. Yeah, well, we definitely have that. Yeah, or um, you know, complicity, that kind of stuff. Mm. They they just sat there willfully allowing this thirty four year old to marry a child. I I guess they don't know the details. You should ask. <laughs> um, so they they do the wedding. Um, Jonah's bought some like confetti for them to throw, and they step outside. And as soon as they're outside, the police arrive. As soon as they're outside, Jonah changes character. <laughs> It's just like, they're in there, like, we ready? We ready to face the world? Yeah. And then he cuts him all down and says, don't do this. Don't do this. It's, I don't... Just so they're, like, handcuffing Cheska, and we're obviously supposed to go, oh, no, they were so close to happiness. Well, this is exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> yes. Who could, who could have foreseen this? Who could have foreseen her being arrested for her crimes? <laughs> so. This, this episode does need a line of duty-style ending. To kind of just go, Cheska was sent to me. Yeah, yes. It absolutely does. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know this for a fact, but we're never going to find out what happened. No. Surely. Yeah. None of the Kirbys are in it next series, and neither is Cheska. So we're never going to find out. No. And no one's going to make a reference to. No. Oh, she's free. Yeah. yeah. Just come back from visiting Cheska in yeah. prison. <laughs> she still won't go on a date with me. <laughs> I shouldn't have worn the purple sweater again. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, at the hospital with Finn, uh, Tom says they've been told that you know he he will survive, but the doctors aren't sure at this point about paralysis and permanent damage. Um. Uh, Sam's having a go at Kyle, but Denzel says it was all his fault, uh, not Kyle's. Kyle then goes in to see Finn, and they have like a fist bump, as if to say, "Bros, it's okay, bro." It's, it's plays You'd out. have done the same. <laughs> old, old like educational videotapes you have to watch, like why you shouldn't play near electricity cables. <laughs> yes. That's what's why you should play on bridges. Yes. Yeah. And that's just how it, it's just so yeah. Okay. Um and then Sam comes in, um, and like Finn's worried about, you know, you still gonna fancy me or whatever, and Sam says, you know, if you're in a wheelchair, you're gonna need someone to push you around and uh, you're not gonna get rid of me that easy. No, all he has to do is slightly upset someone before a pantomime and she'll break up with him. <laughs> uh, so they're wrapping up other storylines as well. Janice has given Grantley like a slip of paper that Ruby was photocopying earlier and it turns out that Ruby has dedicated her book to Grantley and was trying to keep it as a surprise. Rather than anybody. Yeah, because Grantley has spent the whole episode like complaining about how he's not going to get a cut of her. Is that how it's like, you money. dedicate this podcast to me and don't give me access to any of the Patreon gold? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> Ruby says, um, 
you know, she's glad they'll still be friends because she'll still want his help with the sequels. It's the end of the day now. And a very jovial Karen is talking to the very jovial chair of the governors. And Karen says, I'm sorry today didn't go quite as planned. One one student married, one paralysed. (laughs) The results are looking up and segregation works. He says, and I quote, you've certainly made segregated education work. (laughs) He's so thrilled with how the day's gone. Yeah, I I couldn't believe the bright spark at the end of this series would be (laughs) pro-segregation. So... They're, like, congratulating themselves, Karen and Chris are, as Marcus walks past, and then Karen expresses the correct view that Jonah was manipulated and that what Cheska did is never okay, despite the fact the show has actively worked against that argument for ten weeks. They spent nine hours and fifty minutes going, aren't these two meant to be together? And then at the end they go, by the way, this was abuse. Yeah. And then Marcus goes, I wish Jonah could see that. I wish the show could see that. And then Jonah shows up and says to Marcus, you need to understand that Tresca and the baby are my family now. And then Karen and Chris look at Marcus as if to say, yeah, you do. You need to accept that. And then Marcus says to Jonah, I love you, whatever. And we all just have to accept that that's the resolution. That's it. It's all all I And that Tresca will serve whatever sentence she's given and then she'll be round the Kirby for Christmas dinner (laughs) with the baby. And that's their life now. Yeah. I tell you, if Ruth wasn't worldly before, this is gonna... <laughs> I think I think this might be crossing. She's, she's been on quite a journey. <laughs> I think it's been too worldly. She's, she's gone from what? the moors to this. I think, I think if I was sat at that Christmas dinner, <laughs> that's when I'd go. I'm, I'm wandering the moors, and do you know what? <laughs> Don't follow me. Don't follow me. No. If yeah. I come back, I come back. It's fine. Yeah, and then it gets worse. Oh, because Karen says this line, and I will quote it. Uh, she's talking. To, she's sort of embracing uh, her kids. And and, and it, but it's all these kind of. Like, it's just this crap stuff. Where I was just like, "Are you going to come back next year?" Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, of course. Oh, I thought you'd have had enough. Yeah. And she goes, "I see children arrive here, completely unaware of what they're capable of, until they put their mind to it." Like Jonah. <laughs> just like it's like you can express that sentiment. But don't express it immediately after the conversation you've yeah. just had. Yeah. yeah. Like Jonah, who came here a virgin and leaves here a soon-to-be father with a bride in her 30s in prison. Oh, my God. He, that, was never, that was never possible until he came here and put his mind to it. So we learn that uh, Bex is going to university now. Um, Karen... Tina O'Brien got 10 episodes. Yeah. Bit unfair, really, isn't it? Yeah. And she, she got a, like a cameo in a couple before then. Yeah, ten proper episodes. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah twelve. So. Um, so uh, Bex going to university. Karen's saying, "Oh, you know, I've got a lot more to to give to this school," and then they leave the school together, embracing to Crossfire by Brandon Flowers from The Killers. Mm. His short-lived solo run. Yeah, he tried to stop singing Mr. Brightside. <laughs> yeah, I just don't want to do it. I just can't look. It's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad this series is over. Um, the format of the show <laughs> is broken. And I realised it in episode 19 when I got annoyed by Chris and Karen over, like, overstretching into Jonah and Rona's life. Yeah. But like, that's what the show started as. And we were fine with it. 
because the show was about this high-risk area with these kids and how the teachers had to go above and beyond to make it work and make the school yeah. better and make their lives better. Whereas now, because you, it's just the same group of characters interacting, it is just a soap. Yeah. And when all of the, all of the storylines in this whole series have been about inappropriate sexual relationships yeah. between members of staff and students and students and etc etc and then you know you had other romances in there it's all just it's not about that anymore no so none of it works because it's all just mindless tedium and it's just so silly and you don't have you you, you don't have the breadth of characters that you have in a soap so you're trying to do all of these very soapy storylines with this small group of characters, yeah. and therefore the storylines feel wildly inconsistent, and they're just nuts, and it leaves no space for character development. And yeah. that's how you have Jonah, the smart boy, act like an idiot for ten episodes, yeah. and it's just so annoying. Remember the bit where he uh, excused racism to get back at Cheska? Yeah. <laughs> that was my favourite bit. The, yeah. No, I think the part where like, he just spent the whole time going, we'll be fine. And was then shocked when the police turned up. Yeah. Um, so I was interested to know what the like reaction to this storyline was at the time. Because I remember watching it, but I don't remember having strong opinions on it. And so I did a little like Google, and I found some quotes in a Daily Record interview by the people at Gretna Green, who run their wedding thing. Stupendous. Um, and, and they said to the Daily Record... Um, it's incredible, this quote. It really, really is. So Lydia from Gretna Green said... Ooh, naming and shaming. <laughs> it's in the Daily Record. Um, said, I was very excited by the prospect of our romantic village being featured in the show and I assisted the company with their plans. I directed them to the wedding section of our website and it was arranged they would feature this page on the show, which they do. I was thrilled to see it receiving such a lengthy airtime while the characters Jonah and Cheska discussed their wedding plans. In the series, Cheska said, I can't believe it is so easy, which is great publicity for the whole of the wedding capital. But it's not. It's like it's so easy to steal a child. Yeah, like that's the, the publicity is, if you want to marry a child <laughs> who has been in your care, this is how you do it. It's crazy. Um, I should say, a, a degree of journalistic due diligence, I did contact <laughs> Gretna Green Weddings <laughs> To see if they attitudes have changed to yeah. the storyline. Um, at time of recording, I've not received a response. I will edit one in here <laughs> if I get one. <laughs> I don't expect to, but I have. I have reached out. Hello, Tom here with just a quick update from uh, Gretna Green. They did respond to my request, but they decided not to offer a comment at this time. That's a very niche thing to ask about. But it's also, it's the language of that article I find fascinating because it's all about fans are excited to see what will happen with Jonah and his lover teacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all just like, this is fine. Yeah, absolutely. And like, there's a like a, an interview I read as well with Karen David, who played chess in Digital Spy. It's quite a long interview, so I won't read the whole thing. But like, there are elements of it. Like, there's a quote here, for example. Like, she's asked about whether she's pleased with the way the storyline played out. And she says... Um, if you ask me that as an ordinary fan of the show, it kind of breaks my heart that Cheska and Jonah are torn apart because she's been arrested. They've just got married. They're in love. They're happy. It's a euphoric moment. And I think everyone can see that the love they have for each other is genuine and it's not a fling. They really, really do love each other and they're meant to be together. Yeah. It's, like, incredible. And, like, in the interview, to be fair, she's asked about, like, the power dynamics and... Um, 
you know, she is clear that, like, obviously this is not a thing that teachers should do. Um, she says at one point, I have to applaud Waterloo Road for, for her facing the consequences because they are following conduct. It is not some fantasy world where it's okay. But for a lot of time, it is a fantasy world where it is okay. Well, yeah, that's, so the, that's how I, it feels. I have a great example, and I feel like it's culturally relevant enough that the kids will understand. Oh. Cheryl and Liam Payne. Sure. Cool. Liam Payne first goes on the X Factor when he's 16 years old, okay? If he and Cheryl hook up then, weird. Yes. Creepy. In, I think it's like eight years pass. He sees the world. He becomes worldly. He's then in his mid 20s. They're both eight years older. They hook up. No one really has a problem with it. No. And I think that's just the thing here yeah. is, is that they're really they're trying as hard as they can to get away with that looseness around power at yeah, the yeah. point where you're coming of age but you're still a student. Yeah. Um, but it's just icky, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, there's one more quote I'd like to read from Karen David because it illustrates the, um, I guess the way it was talked about at the time. She's asked about um, the reaction from fans and viewers to the storyline. And she says, I really thought that there'd be a huge backlash and I thought that a lot of the fans would absolutely hate me, especially as Lucian is quite a charming and good looking fella. I thought that there would be more angst about it, but in fact, it's been the absolute opposite. Everyone has shown so much love and support for the storyline because they love it for what it is. It makes good television. I think they can also clearly see that this love and affection they have for each other is genuine and it's not a fling. I think people really like Cheska and Jonah as a couple and they could really see the yearning and longing that was between them. At that point, it's an actress talking about an actor who was... Four years older than the character he's playing? Yeah, early 20s, really. I think it's fascinating because... Like, it's been talked about in such a detached way. Yeah. And I think that's something we now don't do. We don't talk about things like this with that level of detachment. Like, when a soap does a storyline now, um, like, I know there's a storyline that I think EastEnders are about to do where um, a male character is going to be sexually assaulted by another male character. And they've put so much thought into it, so much effort into it. They've spoken to multiple survivors' charities and they're really, like putting a lot of effort and thought into telling the storyline sensitively and raising awareness of the issue while, you know, handling it in the best possible way. And I don't know if that's something they would have done 12 years ago when this was happening, um, and certainly not for a storyline like this. And maybe it does speak to the attitudes of the time, where it was the like lad Bible era, like you say, mm. where stories like this were just shared in that way. They weren't treated with the gravity that we treat that now, where we go, well, this regardless of what the characters think they feel, it is an abusive situation. Yeah, that's like what I was saying. Like, if, if, when we were at school, and there was rumours, like, like I said, if if the rumours that people said about the teachers just like with kids were true, the kids would have been out there yelling from the rooftops. Yeah. Because when you were 15 or 16, you look at it from the perspective and you go, wow, amazing. Yeah, yeah. You don't see it for what it is. Yeah. And, but that's what the show is there to do, is there mm. to actually go. But they, I feel the whole storyline is written from Joe's perspective. So yes. it's written, but there's no like flip about it where he, at any point where he learns what's happened to him. Yeah. It's just, this is a kid who's in love and they're in love. Yeah, it, it feels like the way they approach it is they like, they know they have to make the bare minimum argument that it's wrong. So they have uh, Vicky and Ronan do it in this episode um, and they have Karen do it at the end. But it's never done in such a way that Jonah realises. Yeah, yeah. Um. And so, like, Jonah and Cheska end this thinking they're completely in the right, thinking no one's done anything wrong, 
And, you know, when if Cheska is jailed, if she gets out of jail, they will presumably just happily go about their relationship. What is the jail sentence for a teacher who has sex with a student? I don't know. I don't actually know what the, the charge is. Maybe we should look. It's a strange thing to Google. <laughs> I've, I've spent the last 24 hours Googling Gretna Green marriages. Can you marry a teacher in Gretna Green? <laughs> so my Googles are crazy already. So let's do it. You have a knock on the door somewhere. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, here's an example from, from this year, uh, where a teacher who had a sexual relationship with a pupil um, was jailed for 27 months. 27 months, okay. Yeah. Um, this teacher admitted engaging in a sexual relationship with the pupil while in a position of trust over a period of more than two years. 27 months doesn't feel long enough. This is now a very Daily Mail podcast. <laughs> So, yeah, so she was sentenced to 27 months in prison and she must sign the sex register, sex offenders register for 10 years. Not the sex register. <laughs> they signed me up for the sex register. <laughs> so, you do this at the end of every series. Who is not coming back? Oh, yes, of course. See, I've forgotten about that a little bit. So, the people not coming back. And there are a few of these. I did have a look earlier. There are a few of these that are... Are like surprising and weird. So it's the final appearance of Ruby Fry, which we knew because she's got her book deal. Yes, of course. Um, Marcus Jonah and Ruth Kirby, Cheska Montoya, Bex Fisher, she's going off to university, and then these two are bizarre. It's the final appearance of Nate Gurney. Right. So that storyline is going nowhere. Josh is still around, presumably, but yeah. Nate is not. They'll have to address it in some way. They won't. Um, and it's also the final appearance of Adana Lawal. But she was crap. <laughs> She was because they, but not not necessarily. I don't think because the character was didn't have any potential to be good, but because they never gave her. It's because the show turned into a soap. So the head of pastoral care is central when the show is doing its main premise, yeah, which is getting involved in the disadvantaged lives of its students yeah, and yeah. trying to lift them up, yeah. But they didn't do that for this half of the series. You never feel like in series one, it's a trio, yeah. Jack Rimmer, Andrew Treneman, and Kim Campbell are a trio. You never felt that about Karen, Chris, and Adana. It was Karen and Chris, and Adana was separate. Yeah, she never felt like she was part of like the senior team. Yeah, exactly. It was late. It was the big thing about segregation. She lost the first argument that she had. Yeah, yeah. if she came and actually won the first argument that she had, then yeah. the show would have given us some more credit. Well, like it, the... well, it almost because like they show. They show her like earning the respect of Karen and Chris by the way she handles Kyle in that first episode. Yeah, yeah. But then they never build on that. Like they had that whole thing which was quite interesting, where she had the feelings diary and she was talking about her past and there was potential there. Yeah. For a character arc and for us to learn more about her and to understand why she acts in the way she acts and what has shaped her as a but there just was no room in this half series because of all the soap stuff they crammed in, all the Hodge stuff, all of the uh, Jonah and Cheska stuff. There was just no room for it. Yeah, it's just a shame. But we get a new head of pastoral care in series one. I assume so. That's, my excitement for the show only ever lasts the first 15 minutes <laughs> of the first episode of a new series where they do the whole, here's all these new here's people. Here's all the new people, yeah. Chris Mead's Chris been here a long time. Yeah. When did he join? Was it immediately after Eddie? Yeah, so it was series five. Start series yeah, five. Start the merger. Series. Yes, because he's part of the merger. Yes, it's all about the merger. Yeah, yeah. He comes in as part of the merger and then like immediately crosses the floor to Team Waterloo. Yeah. I really want the show to be over. <laughs> 
Well, look, you can say it. We're halfway there. We're halfway there. We're living <laughs> on a prayer. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I know my role is to be, like, the, the defender of the show, but it's bloody hard when stuff like this happens. It's bad. But, like, like you know, one problematic, like, I find sometimes when they do one, a one-off problematic episode, sometimes we do our best work there. Yeah, we can, yeah. I, I think, but now it's just it's just repeating ourselves, saying yeah, yeah. this is just, this is not acceptable for months. Yeah. Like, it's one thing when the show has a really good go at an issue, and maybe they don't get everything right. Yeah. And, you know, certainly we've been upfront about the fact that we judge it by standards that we wouldn't judge things in 2011. Yes. Fine. But this is an extended storyline where they don't attempt to engage properly with the issue at all. No. Um, and that's true of several of the extended storylines, but obviously particularly Jonah and Chesco, which became the main storyline. It's just, like, again, we said this at the start, you you, Nate Gurney's no longer in it. Yeah. So you did not see yes. the, the two gay characters kiss on screen, which is a problem, I believe. But, like, the storyline that you have for Chesco and Jonah, you could take them out of it, and you could put Nate and Josh there. Because it's it's barriers, it's secrecy, it's you know, it's a young gay couple trying to find their place in the world. You can do that. And it's beautiful. They yes. don't have to get married to Gretna Green. <laughs> they want to fine. Yeah. But you know, but it's just and then at the end you can feel that wasn't disgusting to watch. Yeah. And they weren't trying to justify anything abominable, but yeah. that's what they did instead. They picked, you know, the most handsome guy in the cast and the most attractive teacher in the cast, said this'll work. Yeah. It's it's a real struggle. It's been a real struggle this series. At least that story is over. Done. I know, but like I I'm starting to think they only know how to do <laughs> teacher child sex things. Because <laughs> they've done it two half series in a row. Yeah, I wonder because I like obviously I know they're gonna go back to that well again. They obviously will, they always do. But I don't rem- that, that is the high profile one I remember. Okay, fantastic. So that, the fact that that's done. <laughs> and look, I remember there being much more Finn and Sam ahead. And, oh. that's, and, and that stuff is, it warms my heart. Kyle's going to keep dancing. Kyle's going to keep dancing. And eventually he causes all sorts of problems. Um, Spoiler. <laughs> he's got a bad boy jacket. They'll <laughs> never address the fact that Finn and Amy had a suicide pact. No, they did. <laughs> I never addressed the fact that Chris and Rachel slept together. No. I never addressed the fact that Dante killed the child. No. We just have to accept these things. Yeah, this is the world we live in. It's the world we live in. Um, what are we going to play out with? If it's not Tudor Cinema Club, I feel like we've done the, this, <laughs> the second half of series six. This, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, there was the Kate Nash one. That's all right. A bit of fun. Which one did she do? It's called like Do or Do or something. It's like an album track. It's fun though. It's Kate Nash. We like Kate Nash. Okay. <laughs> I've always... if, that, if if anything sums up series six of Waterloo Road, it's that. Yeah. If you just go and oh, do what you want. <laughs> Make it end. <laughs> we are halfway through. Halfway through. I'll just read the book instead. I don't have it with you.